Welcome to the NPC's weekly topic for May 2nd, 2020. My name is Travis, and of course, I'm joined by Preston. Hello. Dan. Hey, hey. And the one and only Kyle. Hi, Kyle. What's up? Yeah. All right. The one so, and only? Yeah. Well, he is the one and only Kyle, right? He is, I the guess. One. I mean, there are plenty of other Kyles out there, but he's the one and only NPC's Kyle. So... Yeah. Trying to make things a little unique here, goddammit. Congratulations, Kyle. That's one of the achievements. <laughs> Thanks for singling me out. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, so this week's topic is top 10 most innovative games. Preston, I would like you to go ahead and give us a breakdown of what that means. I don't know. What do you think it means? Well, I mean, innovative can mean just about anything, whether it's offering a new take on an existing technology, whether it's introducing a new technology, uh, whether it's a complete jump in uh, the way a game plays itself. I, I don't know. I mean, am I going the right direction here? With All of those what sound we're... very good. All yeah. right. These it... games, uh, how do we want to put it? They brought something new to the table, I guess. The that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I guess that's the way I was thinking about it. But I don't know about you guys. Yeah, no, fair enough here. Uh, I did have a question on one of them, but I know, of course, we need to actually get through the list here. Um, you can actually see my question here on this, and we'll come back around to it um, here later. No. So who wants to read the list? You do. Sounds like you do. I want to read the list. By all means, I will go ahead and do so. Do it, um, bitch. Well, then. Our list contains World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy VII, the original, God of War, Grand Theft Auto III, Guitar Hero, Minecraft, The Sims 2, Mortal Kombat, Super Mario 64, Halo Combat Evolved, Wii Sports, Diablo II, Street Fighter, Doom, Little Big Planet, Shadow of the Colossus, Metal Gear Solid, Geometry Wars, Resident Evil, DDR, or Dance Dance Revolution, Bioshock, Portal, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, Skyrim, Shadow of Mordor, Jet Set Radio, Eternal Darkness, Skate, GoldenEye 64, Battletech, the arcade version, and Star Fox. So... I just want to get my question answered right now. Doom, which one? Are we talking the original 1993? Yeah, 1993. All right, thank you. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that was that was clear because it's like, okay, what did the 2016 do other than kind of bring us back to that Nothing. level? So, no no worries. Okay. Uh, hmm. Yes, this is quite the list. It is. That's some kind of... A lot of good little... stuff on here, too. Yeah, there are. Yeah, because a lot of stuff here was, I mean, kind of you know, groundbreaking or really truly innovative in its own way. Um, I'm just trying to think of kind of how to start here to start tearing it apart. Um, I mean, we could Pick start with, with yeah. mine. No, I, sorry, sorry, go ahead. I, yeah, I added on late into the list. Of course, when we were doing this. I added on uh golden I 64 battle tech and star Fox. Oh, thanks dog for scratching yourself while I'm trying to read off shit here. Uh, but I was kind of 50-50 on GoldenEye specifically because it was more so a kind of like it was a push more into like the actual console multiplayer 
more than anything that was kind of revolutionary. And the fact of the matter is that it was a um, an afterthought of the developers of GoldenEye 64. It's like, well, we could add this in. Let's just do it. You know, it wasn't a part of the original roadmap. And that was innovative in itself about, you know, um, local co-op on a console, specifically four-player split screen. Uh, you know, any of you assholes who played his odd job or could get to the golden gun before I could, you know. That's why it's kind of uh, like... I do not want to kick GoldenEye off right now because of that very reason. Okay. I don't know about Battletech, but... So do you Goldeneye guys remember... So Battletech I'll get into. Do you guys remember uh, here in town Utopia back in like the early 2000s? Oh, God. I it was run by mobsters. It was, was it really? It? Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, so I wanted to bring... I put that one in here mostly because... Uh, the arcade version of Battletech, if you want to look at like the the PC game and the the console game Mech Warrior or Mech Assault, it's all in the same universe. Battletech was the arcade version, but this is the one that was well. Battletech a... was also a turn based RPG on PC. Oh, that's true. I that's absolutely right. So, um, thanks for that one, Kyle. I completely forgot about that one. Uh, the arcade version specifically was one that not only had you with physical controls moving a mech around, but it put you into more of an environment that was like you were actually inside the mech itself. So if you guys remember the the actual pods, you'd go inside, you'd sit in them, you would um, you would actually maneuver the robot around to you actually had a full slew of controls to uh, interact with, whether it was, you know, changing dynamics on something, adjusting the way your weapons handle that, because you could do a lot of it on the fly if you learned how to do it um i consider that innovative in the sense that you didn't really see a lot of arcade games that you know offered that depth of interaction you had some of those vr games where you could kind of like bring the headset down to your eyes like there was that helicopter one or that um shooting on the what was it like some sort of like beach defense one or something there was some of that immersion there but i felt like BattleTech itself especially on the arcade side really was innovative in the sense that it immersed you more into the arcade game you were playing. And it was that much more fun and that much more expensive. So that's why I added that one here on the list too. That's actually a pretty good argument for that one too. Yeah. That's why it's like, I wanted to kind of look at mine and kind of scrutinize a little bit more with you guys on and kind of get that feedback from you on what you guys thought. So uh, I like your argument for both of those, actually. <laughs> yes, yeah, so do I. Thank God. Okay. Whew. Cool. I'm not as uh, exhausted today as I thought I was when I was going and adding my stuff in. So, yay for me. <laughs> I get uh, it right I once really in a while. I have time kicking anything off this fucking list. I do, too. I was just looking through all of them, and I'm like, they, they all deserve to be here <laughs> in some, yeah. some um, aspect. They are truly innovative in their own ways is the problem. So I wonder if we can – how many do we have on this list? Let me go ahead and start counting here. close to 30. Okay. Let me – I'll toss one out. Skate? 31 do games. I really think Skate's one of the 10 most innovative games. I only put it on there. I, I'm not even really a fan of it, but I only put it on there because of the innovation with the controls. But I'm fine with it going. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Like those are, yeah, those are innovative. Like, goddamn, 
Now, the yeah. question is, in skate versus, say, like, going back to Tony Hawk Pro Skater games, or even, like, when they kind of relaunched it with Tony Hawk Underground, is there a big fundamental difference in the way the controls handle between that level of skateboarding game versus skate itself? I, I didn't play skate, so that's why I'm asking. Well, skate was all with the analog sticks. There was oh. there was really no button presses. It was all analog stick based movement. Interesting. So it was basically you had to move your your analog sticks the way you you wanted your feet to move. Yeah, that's pretty. I think. Yeah, that's really God. innovative though. Like, but I just I don't think that stacks compared to what's on this list. Yeah, compared to the rest, for sure. That's that's fine. I mean, um, I I'll go after another one of my actual personal favorite games, uh, Geometry Wars. As far as arcade games, I mean, it's very similar to a lot of old school, like you know, early '80s arcade games. I was gonna say that I think of like Asteroids as like the precursor to what Geometry Wars, you know, was, you know, thirty some odd years later. Okay, the only reason I had Geometry yeah. Wars on here is because of what it started. That was the first Xbox Live Arcade thing. It started the revolution of disc of no discs. It showed that you could have a downloadable well, title, and the and the big thing that. that people forget about those old xbox arcade games is like like uh geometry wars was the what made them an arcade game was the fact that they could actually fit on an xbox memory card oh shit you're right i remember being able to load up geometry wars on like what was what was the memory card size like what 15 30 megabytes i think the minimum was 64 was it yeah i was gonna say 64 could hold one game yeah, as I was saying, because it had to be bigger than, you know, a PlayStation 2 memory card. But I remember that exactly, that I had Geometry Wars Retro Evolved loaded onto my memory card. And I could take it with me to another friend's house and load that up on their 362. That's, god damn it. What up? Okay, this topic definitely got to be much harder than I originally thought like, it was I, going to be. That's a really big deal that you started the the digital download idea. Hey, guys, um, I have an idea. Instead of the top do got? 10, let's do the top 31. <laughs> Just keep this whole list and <laughs> talk about everything. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, these are all like innovative in their very own ways because it's it's tough looking at this list to to try to compare some of these to each other. You can compare, of course, at very base level rudimentary mechanics like But we, um, we can all we but, can all agree though. Geometry Wars, it did a lot for as far as like gaming in the fact of, you know, producing games for a console specific to download only. But as far as innovation otherwise in gameplay, not so much. So it could probably be cut, right? Yeah, I can go with that. That's yeah, fair. I'm okay with that. I don't want to, but I can. I think we're all under the understanding here right now, guys, that like I think a lot of these cuts are going to hurt more because we're all in a like agreeing on how how innovative and revolutionary some of these games, or at least most of them, have been. So this is definitely going to be a harder one, I think, for any of us to argue because we just want to pile them up and hold on to them and treat them all as equal as we can. <laughs> I agree. Oh shit! 
All right, let's see. Uh, why The Sims 2 instead of the original Sims? I'm just curious to the differences between it. Um, I think for that one in particular, it was... I think it was because that one was so much more popular, that was so much more recognized. And I think that is kind of what pushed it more into mainstream on top of it, the original being kind of that genre definer. So that's why I put two instead of the original, because it had the added bonus of, of also popularizing the series more than the original. Yeah, with the polished graphics, I think there was some additional introduction of the way the house layouts work. It kind of like really started up what three and four and the rest of these expansions have taken on, you know, being that like kind of like that revitalizing for the like for what Sims was anyway at that point. So you're right on that one. That's why I was just like Sims 2 and not the original, you know, but it's that's true. You know, it definitely makes sense for that to be here. Um, hmm. I'd actually might cut Sims. Okay. Um, I mean, compared to the rest of this list, yeah, probably. Oh, it's kind of built on the backs of like other Sim games, though. Like all they did is really the way I thought about it. They kind of just focused in a little more specific than what other Sims are. So, like, instead of, like, a Sim City where you're controlling a giant situ- you're a giant economy or a giant system, they just focus it in, like, on a very specific person instead. I don't know. It seems like it wasn't that hard of a leap to go from those kinds of games to maybe The Sims. I don't know, though. Like, there is a level of customization in The Sims that's not in other Sim games. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a... almost like a double-edged sword with with the level of focus that they were able to do with Sims, whereas you're right, it's not, it doesn't feel as big as doing a whole city, but the amount of customization you can do makes it feel more personal. And I think that was another yeah. reason why people got attached to that one much more than they did the, the city Sims. Ooh, fuck. Yeah. I keep it here for now. Goddamn. We're going to cut anything. Oh yeah. And that's, uh, uh, we should I, cut Shadow of Mordor. The Nemesis system is I awesome. I think so too. Yeah. yeah that, but a lot of the game is built on the backs of Batman and Assassin's Creed. It's just that Nemesis system. Yeah. Cut it, Sherm. All right. I'll delete Shadow of Mordor from the list. Okay. Now, in regards to rhythm stuff on here, you know, I see. Guitar Hero and Dance Dance Revolution. I'm I know they're completely different rhythm games and they're played completely different. Um I'm just wondering if nothing against DDR per se on anything, but I wonder if Guitar Hero, especially in the rhythm games, is more innovative in the sense than just DDR is. And the only reason for that is that it opened up a doorway, especially for a lot of people to play these games on a on a guitar shaped controller of course but it actually led a lot of people to really pay attention to how to play the songs and even pushed a lot of people to start taking on musical lessons and start to teach themselves how to play the guitar or even with the additional expansions or if you want to look at rock band as an example there was also the um 
you know, the introduction of the other instruments, being able to play bass, being able to play drums, being able to sing, it led a lot of people and led a revolution of people to start exploring their own um, musical interests with it. Whereas DDR, it's definitely very fast paced, but it wasn't for everybody. And it, it kind of put a lot of people off, I think, more on the fact that it was a lot of your j-pop style anime style music to just jump around to on you know what four arrows so that's that's why i was just wondering in the grand scheme of rhythm games is guitar hero more innovative than ddr was but i'm open for the argument here i would say the exact opposite guitar hero owes ddr like rhythm games before dance dance were on a controller Dance Dance was the first that brought a peripheral that you would actually have a mat or whatever you used and made it an activity. It was maybe the first, like, real exercise game I could think of. Like, Guitar Hero, when you, when I really get down to Guitar Hero, what it is, they just turned a controller into a guitar. It's not, but it's not a real guitar. It's not like Rocksmith. It's just four buttons. It's just shaped a little differently. It's not really that different. The fact that someone could play Dark Souls with the guitar shows you that it's just a controller. <laughs> Whereas That's, Dance Dance was an actual peripheral, true. an actual, it was something new that wasn't there. But I, like, honestly, I really think they both could be on the list, but I would think Dance Dance maybe a little bit more because it was the original rhythm game that brought those accessories. It, no, and that's absolutely true. Cause I remember seeing at least with a few people, the, kind of inflatable looking style mats that you could have plugged in or even some people um uh someone we all know actually uh owns a uh one of the metal ones like w what actually looks like you'd have ripped it off of an arcade and it's got a usb cable i think <laughs> that, that comes travis? out of the front of it mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah travis does for sure <laughs> yeah exactly so that's why it's like you know you you are right i think you're right in that case um, I'm looking more, I was looking at the innovative part, specifically on the Guitar Hero anyway, of course, because of the kind of musical revolution it brought along and a lot of the copycats at that point. Um, DDR is kind of almost faded into obscurity just because I don't, I don't see a lot about it anymore. I don't see much about it. I think I came across that DDR revolution extreme machine over at the arcade downtown but that was like the last time I'd seen anything on it. And even before that, it had been years. Well, I mean, Guitaro just came back and it killed itself. That's true. That, that's that's also true, too. So yeah, I we, think we just kicked Geometry Wars because technically the gameplay itself wasn't anything revolutionary. It was it brought about something in the industry as a change. I think Guitar Hero fits closer into that because I don't think its instruments are necessarily that innovative. No, and that's, I, I think you're, I think you're running that, that way there too. I think DDR definitely leans into what you were talking about with being kind of like the first actual like exercise game, or at least one that requires the more physical motions instead of using something like a, like a, a light con um, pistol or rifle or something, you know, in one of the time crisis games. Yeah. So, yeah, with that said, then I think Guitar Hero probably could go. Any uh, ask Kyle and Dan? They're so quiet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. I mean, like, you both make good points, but this list has oh, to yeah. get chopped down. And yeah, that, I think it 
probably could go. Honestly. Yeah, and I, I don't think we would have seen um, Guitar Hero without DDR. Yeah, that that was kind of like my point. Yeah. Like it was, Guitar Hero think, owes DDR. I think yeah that that that's where I was getting at. Is I think you were right right there. Okay. No, that's let's cut Guitar Hero. Okay. God damn, <laughs> this is so hard. Cool. Well then. I don't know. I'm sorry, Sherm. <laughs> I know you like Guitar Hero. I like I Guitar do. Hero too, man. It's been it's a while really since I've played it. it. Yeah. I don't know what else do we. Is the, I'm gonna is go, the... I'm gonna go after one of mine, um, or one of my favorites actually. Uh, Street Fighter. Oh no! Like you the, can't get rid of Street Fighter. There were other fighting games before Street Fighter. Like it was the first one I think that introduced super moves and combos. Um, and yeah, combos. But every fighting game uses combos. Everyone does, but I mean, other than that, it like it, that that was going to naturally happen anyway. I think, but no one did it. Until Street Fighter. Mortal Kombat was out with Street Fighter. It didn't do combos. Like, I don't know. Just because it was the first to do it, that makes it the innovative one. Did, did, uh, are you sure Street Fighter? The original Mortal Kombat did not do combos. Combos didn't start showing yeah. up until Mortal Kombat 3. But, um, hmm. Dang. Okay. That, and that's a huge part of fighters or combos. Yeah. And you know how much I hate Street Fighter, Kyle. Yeah, like, goddamn, I know. That's a I know. huge thing to bring. And like, and talk about like a benchmark for fighters during that time. Like you said, yeah, there were plenty true. of other fighters out there, but none of them compared to Street Fighter. Even Mortal Kombat yeah. gameplay wise was not even close to Street Fighter. Yeah, and I, you can't get rid of Mortal Kombat because the one thing it had that no one has been able to replicate is the fatalities. Like, the level of gore and stuff in a fighting game. You but know, I, that... I think with Mortal Kombat, though, is that the gore there was really there from day one anyway. I mean, it was... the it was Yeah, um, but they're the first ones to push the envelope and continue to do so. Yeah, but no other SRB. no other fighters are really doing that though. Anyway, I mean, Mortal Kombat has its own niche by doing that, but Street Fighter doesn't have that. Tekken doesn't have that. You know, you're not seeing the like the the X-ray style thing in any other fighting game. It's not being copied. Whereas, yes. like you guys were saying there at the beginning, Street Fighter is is what started a lot of that, especially and the revolution on the the combo setup. I mean, Killer yes, Instinct tried Kombat, that. Like it started video game violence. Yeah, it started the ESRB. Like, that's a huge like thing. Every Grand Theft Auto, every God of War, Grand Theft Auto, Halo, Bioshock, all these other games owe Mortal Kombat for starting that. Fair enough. Not going to argue with you. God damn it. We're not getting anywhere. Four hour long topic <laughs> we're, we're episode. Really what about anywhere. Skyrim? Yeah, let's get rid of Skyrim. All, all it really did was. Andrew, and, it did dynamic quest systems. That that was what it really brought new to the table. So it wasn't like things were hidden away. The game brought way thought of new and exciting ways to actually bring the content out to you. Like some guy would just run up and be like, "Hey, did you see this quest?" And it would 
launch you into that whole thing. That was a cool thing, but when it comes to like this other stuff, I can't lose Skyrim. Cool with me. Yep. Goodbye, Skyrim. Oh fuck, we're not getting anywhere. Um <laughs> Hmm. Come on. I'm throwing out names left and right. Someone else. I would cut Wii Sports. Only <laughs> Yeah. There's a damn good argument for it. You're not wrong. Like it's motion controllers. Like that's huge. The Wii. Yeah, but it's not the first thing to done do motion you know, or motion control in something. It's just the the first thing to do it at home and to do it that well at home. So I'm yeah, fine well, with I, cutting it. That's a big thing, though. But I I would also cut it because I almost think it's it's not really a that's game. It. It's the, more of a demo. Yeah, it exactly, and it, it's something that just changed the in it it changed the industry because of the in, in innovation. But it wasn't necessarily an innovation in a game. Because also it's almost an innovation that's bad because. Almost, yeah. I would say ninety percent of motion controllers, motion controls sucked. I would have rather just use I fully a agree. controller. Yeah, and the whole point of Wii Sports being packed in anyway was to introduce those who bought the Wii, like how to use those motion controls themselves anyway, because it was stuff that everybody knew. It wasn't okay. We're going to go ahead and release the Wii. We're going to go ahead and drop Super Mario uh, Galaxy here. All right, go go have fun. You know, no. Instead, it's okay, this is how you use these motion controls to do things like this, and this is how intuitive they are, but you guys are right, and those who followed along with doing motion controls after the fact, especially Kinect and uh, PlayStation Move, they're, I mean, you don't see a lot for Move, except, of course, more towards, like, the VR stuff now, and then Kinect is collecting dust on most people's entertainment consoles. Damn, I don't... I guess I would say it was an innovation that is not fully realized even to this day. Yeah. So I think we sports can go. It, it's on dance. I don't know. What does he think? Oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Like, okay. Like, I mean, fuck. I'm sorry. God, no, it's I mean, really hard to yeah. cut these down. All right. I'll nix it from the list. Hmm. <sighs> Jesus we should probably Christ. cut Bioshock, too, like in the grand scheme of things. It it was one of the first games, if not the first that I can think of, that brought morality into the actual gameplay. It wasn't a choice that you clicked on. It was the actions you made throughout the game that was so unique about Bioshock. But when it comes mm-hmm. to this other stuff, I just don't think that stacks. Yeah, but they did that in like Morrowind a little bit. Well, then we should definitely cut it. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't... Yeah. <laughs> that invalidates it right there, doesn't it? Um, Thanks. Help. Thanks for helping, Kyle. <laughs> I think Bioshock might have set partially like some of the precedent when it comes to, like you guys said, the morality, because you look at, say, um, Fallout 3 and New Vegas and 4 and even um, the Mass Effect series. Um, with, you know, the way your choices, of course, impact who you can work with, who's against you, who's with you, and so on. Um, That is kind of the way that leans, too. But, I mean, Bioshock really, you know, wasn't the first with, of course, what we said here. Elder Scrolls did it 
first. So, bye, Bioshock. Yeah. It was also like a benchmark in like storytelling for shooters, but that's not definitely there. Yeah. Mm. But mm. I just don't think that stacks. Because <laughs> fuck, some of these are really heavy hitters. I think Star Fox needs to go at this point. Okay. And just to be clear with you guys specifically, that was the original Star Fox on Super Nintendo, and it was added in innovation-wise because it was um, it was the way that the game, of course, was actually rendered and presented. That it had the actual 3D aspects to it, and it was running on a yeah. you know it was running on the Super Nintendo. It's like oh, I could play a game like this at home. I don't have to go to an arcade and pump quarters into a machine to play something close to this. I can do this here, and of course, it got refined further once you know Star Fox Two eventually came out you know what 20 some odd years later for us to finally play and then with the introduction of the nintendo 64 since that moved everything up so that's that's fine it can go but i just wanted to add it on there at least for recognizing it's the efforts towards the actual 3d style of gaming especially in a flight game so cool it was pretty fucking cool it's a damn shame they still can't figure out how to do that yeah, I wish we could actually have a new Star Fox here yeah. soon, like something that wasn't just a remake of the originals or, or you know, the 3D Star Fox 64. I just, just give me something, something else. Hey, but at least we all know Slippy has a Deez piece now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out to last episode. Deez piece. Fuck off. Yeah, it was it was really bad for me when I uh, was editing that episode and I happened to hear that again and I had a mouthful of energy drink. I almost ruined my new monitor. So thanks for that, Dan. Hey, well, it's going to happen again this week. So God now damn you it. know it. <laughs> right, right at the okay. half hour mark. There you go. Remember that. Oh, thank you. Got it. D's piece at 30 minutes, yo. Uh God damn it. This is getting harder. I know. That's what she said. I need someone else Uh, to make a suggestion. I did Star Fox. Yeah. And Wii Sports. I did the last two. Fuck (laughs) y'all. Oh, and Bioshock. I did the last three. Well, then go get yourself a soda and take a quick break. Nailed it. Let's see. I'm wondering about. World of Warcraft. I'm I'm putting a lot of emphasis on that one because I feel like that was more popular and really drove a lot of the MMO stuff specifically because it was already built on an established franchise and just really kind of pushed everything further. And the the model itself for that was cloned to a lot of other MMOs, especially af- like well after the fact. Uh, what was it? Star Wars The Old Republic. Um, well, that's, that's think, kind of the, the point. But, right, but I'm just wondering because there were the, other MMOs modern, before it. Right, but it created the modern MMO genre. Everyone's trying to emulate them. Like what? no one cares about EverQuest because like EverQuest was before... But, like, Warcraft is what set the standard for the current MMO. Okay. 
Yeah, and yeah, with yeah, exactly. And I like like I had even said myself, and you caught on to anyway. There was the fact that yeah, is that there have been these other games that have tried to model its success, and now the majority of those games have gone free to play because they couldn't monetize it the same way as Blizzard could with WoW. But are the games actually worse than World of Warcraft, or is it the lore of World of Warcraft that push that keeps its fan base around? I think it's both. It's both for sure. Okay, because I would argue that if you were going to put an MMO on this list, I would have put Fantasy Star Online on here. Over World of Warcraft. I Like Sherm said, it's not the first MMO. It kind of perfected it, yes, but it had a lot to work from. Including its own lore. But I guess even more so, too, is like towards Dan's point on things as well, is that, you know, since World of Warcraft really did kind of set the standard of what MMOs have been since that came out in, what, 2004, uh, you know, it really kind of redefined and, and changed a lot of the ways that people actually played games together, though, too, is it wasn't just something like Xbox Live or going on to, um, you know, whatever PlayStation had at that time. Um, I don't know if it was PSN at that point or if there was something beforehand because I think that was PS2 days. But at that point in time, though, you know, a lot of people were able to come together and play this from the comfort of their own home with a large group of people to build up the relationships and the um, the guilds really, you know, and and have developed even outside of the game itself, though, too. But it's also brought in the negative light of what, multiplayer games can do i mean we've seen stories in the news with people who spend so much time playing games you know they're neglecting their kids you know someone in their family dies or they literally play the games for like three days in a row no sleep and they're just drinking coffee or and eating shitty food not sleeping not going to the bathroom anything they're just playing these games and they die in that spot world of warcraft has really been at the focal point of a lot of that because it's happened a lot because of it so i looking more at the innovative side because it brought people together and it really started to show a lot of the the levels of addiction that people can have with video games. So it was innovative in its own right, but I also look at a lot of the inverse of it, though, too, is kind of what it oh. did, is that it, it shone a light on the industry itself and and brought people out thinking, okay, there's definitely something going on here, too, and it's something to pay attention to with games. So I, I look at it like that. I'm I'm kind of broad on it, but I figure I at least say that. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I know you don't. I know you don't, man. That's perfectly fine. That's well, why it's like, I'll just turn my mic off and shut up and let you guys do your thing. <laughs> like I'm even thinking of actual gameplay. And like, it was really the first game where you know, go back to the original back in 2004 when they started. And they you all know, like up two patches in. So six months, a year in, we got our, our 40 man raids. And that's something that's never hadn't been done up until that point where you actually needed 40 people to cooperate and it was such a pain um we're thinking even like auction houses like all this stuff that was thrown into this game and i really think all those add to the innovation side of it maybe even with the pop culture side of it too dan you think like i mean we had a whole south park episode specifically on world of warcraft you know and and making fun of it at least at that point 
Um, you also, of course, we can always well, reference it's Leroy got its Jenkins own subculture too. in real life. Mm-hmm. That too. You know, it was innovative in that ride is that it kind of leaked out into a lot of things that weren't gaming. Yeah, but we cut things already because just because it it wasn't gameplay focused. Mm-hmm. Like we cut Geometry Wars for that. We cut another one. I don't remember what the hell it was for just just because it has an impact on the industry that way. We we still cut it for that reason. I think we really need to focus on the gameplay innovations of a game. Well, I mean, true. Even even to that point, like I was I, saying, but you, like your rate thing. Yeah, that, that yeah. I think that's a valid point. We had the the. You know, the whole battleground system with Alltrack Valley where matches would last literal days because it was 40 versus 40 PvP. That's another thing where it's like that was kind of the first of its kind where we had those type of large-scale PvP matches. Yeah, you didn't see a lot of that in the console world, especially, you know, you didn't see that till way later on. Um so yeah, maybe we keep World of Warcraft and we'll circle back around to it later. See if there's anything else we can weigh it against as we yeah, keep tearing this list. Okay. Hmm. All right. Well, I made a recommendation. Someone else. <laughs> maybe Diablo too. Who? That's a tough one. What's I I would say it's the loot, right? The loot based. Yeah, it created system. created that looting genre. I would be willing to say we could keep Diablo two, but get rid of World of Warcraft because I don't think World of Warcraft could have existed without the Diablo two style gameplay. What about that? Well, they're they're different styles of gameplay they they are but i mean other games had existed like world of warcraft they but no one had taken it to i I don't know like the diablo 2 like diablo 2 took it online more so because the first one had online play didn't it or was it just the second one? I think it was just the second one. I, I don't know. I never played the original Diablo. But the second one, the online play was so big that, shit, there's still people that play it now. And that that point-and-click style gameplay, you know, the quick spell use and stuff, that, that translates to the, the style of gameplay that you have in World of Warcraft. Uh MMORPGs, the idea of those existed around, you know, for for longer than World of Warcraft. But I don't think World of Warcraft would have been a successful innovation without Diablo 2. And I mean, they do come from the same company, so it makes sense that, you know, that they had that innovation to make an RPG like that. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I don't disagree with either of you guys. Like, they're both extremely innovative. I'm not going to argue that. Like, I just don't think they stack with the rest of this list, if I'm being honest. Either one. Diablo, like, you're right. That's a loot-based system that a lot of games use right now, and Diablo was the first. But 
I don't know, the idea of just giving people new items that increase your stats in a game doesn't seem quite as innovative as some of this other stuff. And then as far as World of Warcraft goes on with Kyle, I think it's built on the backs of a lot of things. Yes, it eventually got to a... It did push the genre to a point that no one had seen, but I think that would have happened anyway because that's the natural evolution of MMOs. Someone was eventually going to get to that point. Like, that's what they are, is that you're going to eventually play with 40 people all at one time. World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft was the first, but I someone was going to do that. But I don't know. Because, again, you're not wrong. They're both extremely innovative. Like, it's hard for me to argue either one of those off. We'll shelve that for a second. What about Halo? We should cut it. It's not... There was no online in the original Halo. It was not online multiplayer. So if you had done Halo 2, I think that would have been a better argument. But we didn't do Halo 2, we did Halo 1. And that is, again, built on the backs of other shooters that have done local co-op like that. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a breakout shooter. And it was breakout because, you know, it was the first one of that console, but... And it played so well, like, you're not wrong, it's Mm -hmm. a great game. But without GoldenEye, there is no Halo. Yeah. Okay. I can agree with that. Kyle, I did not think we would lose Halo that easy. I thought that was going to be a fight for me. You made it clear right there as if we did have Halo 2 on here being the first Xbox Live supported title. Um, you know, I think that's, that's definitely where the me. argument would have been. That That's way bigger to me, but I don't know. We didn't mm-hmm. put that there. Yeah, um, I'm thinking maybe in the same vein than looking at Call of Duty. I, that's why I was, I was going back and forth in my head on that one specifically and where i was kind of looking at it more being on the innovative side but again it's another one of those 50 50 things is that it finally broke us away from the world war ii games that we had gotten from battlefield with call of duty with medal of honor you know it it was the basically the same thing over and over and over again regardless if they put you in the midst of uh, you know, D-Day, or if they dropped you behind uh, enemy lines, or if they, I don't know, had you like on Iwo Jima or something like that, you know, the way those games went, that this one actually really tied it in, especially at a point in time when we were in the midst of of two wars, you know, this is a post 9-11 period, um, and there's still people trying to come to, to terms with what was going on, and of course it's like, well, what other medium can we put this in besides, vid- you know, other than video games too, so they put that in there and it it really related to the time, but on the innovative front, there wasn't much other than really changing the focus of it being games based on previous wars and going to something now, because uh, the multiplayer that's in it really was no different from uh, Call of Duty 3, save for the addition of um, uh, Killstreaks, but that's about it, really. I felt like most of it was the same. Oh, ex- excuse me. Um, other than customizing weapons, too, because you could actually customize weapons. You could have your little, you could have a couple perks that you could have with you, though, too. But then ultimately, of course, though, was the kill streaks, you know, getting the helicopter, getting the the UAV, getting the, um, getting the uh, bomb drop. So just putting that out there on that side of it. 
I'm actually like you're not wrong. Like it's it's ser- it's genre defining the way World of Warcraft is mm-hmm. for online shooters. Like it was the first one that where online the online mode could have been its own game, and people still would have bought it. That was the first game that did that. I think. Yeah, for the, but, on, for the online uh, multiplayer. And yeah, it started that whole genre and it really pushed it forward. But I, well, it didn't. I wouldn't I say it really. I wouldn't say it started it. I would say because the, the reason it I would it. It, it. Yeah, it did. It definitely made it more accessible because you look at like Battlefield 1942 is because that was a PC game. That one had a big, big multiplayer following. I can remember nights at Game On, and that was like you know yeah. Battlefield 1942 and the the modern combat. Um, add-on that you could put on there so it was you know kind of similar to what was going on at that point in time but modern warfare itself you know it wasn't the first like even in that series it wasn't the first because call of duty 3 you could play online you couldn't you didn't just have to do it locally you could play that online against other people but the stuff you can do in it was very very limited other than picking a class that you could play as you already had a predetermined loadout, but you could still play online against people. Modern Warfare just brought it into modern times, and then again the kill streaks, the perks, and the the weapon customization. That's it. Yeah, go ahead and cut it. That's fine. It's built on the backs of other games. Even in it is. Series, yeah. I think most of this anyway is like a lot of these games are going to be that way anyway, but. I think that's where we start need to, need to be a little bit more stringent, of course, as we're getting in this is uh, kind of like where they were defining. I mean, not necessarily just on the backs of other games, too, but it's like, did they really kind of push something that those games Kyle, couldn't? how the fuck is Half-Life not on this list? It's a good question, Kyle. Why is it not on this list? I don't know. I felt like there were a lot of... A lot of... Uh first-person shooters that came out around the same time that emulated the same thing. Um, Half-Life just seemed to come out on top. It had its own unique ideas, but, I mean, as far as innovation, I think it had to go to Doom as far as shooters because without Doom, there wouldn't have been a Half-Life. Good. That's kind of what... That that was kind (laughs) of my logic is Doom was already on here, so... Why put Half Life? I think Half Life because of the the real physics that it used. That mm-hmm. was something new. And then it would have had to been Half Life too. That was that was really new. Yeah, that I think so, that's a it's good not on point. Here. Too late. It's too late now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because like I it's didn't not on here now. I didn't and, even include like PUBG. Shit, on I don't want to fight for another game. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Ah, I mean, shit, let's just make this harder. (laughs) (laughs) I know this is getting really bad. Kyle, I am with you that Eternal Darkness is a very revolutionary game in the way it would fuck with the player. But I don't think it stacks with the rest of these. Uh, I'm with you there. I don't even know that it was necessarily the first game that did it. Um, it just did it the best, and that's why everyone remembers it for doing so. I agree. So, sorry, Eternal think? Darkness, I tried yeah. for you. That's a damn good game. It is, and it's a lot of fun. 
Okay, we need to have this fight right now. Uh, Little Big Planet versus Minecraft. Ooh. Ooh. Little Big Planet was first. Was it though? Minecraft's it been around for quite a long time. I'm checking. Actually, Little I Big think Planet was Little Big Planet I, came out first. Uh, are you sure the original .exe of Minecraft was was out for quite a while? Um, you might have to check when that .exe well, that's built was on, that, released. Well, Minecraft I'm, I'm was checking. built on a was built on a mod from another game. Was it like uh, like two thousand eight for Little Big like Planet? That. But little like the actual games themselves, Little Big Planet came out in two thousand seven. Minecraft didn't come out in two thousand seven. Minecraft. I think Minecraft was like two thousand nine. Uh, Minecraft original release says here eighteenth of November, twenty eleven. Uh, was first. Oh, excuse me. It was first publicly available on the seventeenth of May two thousand nine, and hit one point release on. November 2011. I'm looking at the but citation. Little Big Planet here. was in 2007. Okay, but they're they're both creation games, man. Like, yeah, but they're on a different level. They are. Uh, yeah, are they? Uh, they they are. I see what you're getting at, though. Um. I mean, they both go I don't know. I, for different things. One's going for a Lego feel, the other one's going for. Yeah, actual... but I think I feel like Minecraft is more accessible to a general public, and that's one of the things that makes it so innovative in comparison to to Little Big Planet. I would agree with that. Like Little oh. Big Planet had the right idea, but nothing stacks. Like you only see the creativity out of like games like. Uh, Terraria, and you know, even going forward into like Stardew Valley, even though that it's not in the same vein, I don't think that it would have gone quite there without Minecraft. I don't, I, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think it is more accessible, but I think the things you could build in Little Big Planet were more impressive for the time than they were in Minecraft. The other part I think you have, though, with Minecraft is that it was platform agnostic, which means, you know, it was on everything. I mean, you could play it on PC and it went out to to everything after the fact. Granted, it did take a while to get there, but I mean, you were playing it on your Android phone and then it finally made its way to um, console and then it's made its way to handheld consoles. And then now you're playing a completely different version, especially with uh, what, um, you know, what microsoft has done with it when they bought mojang um you're also talking about the modding community and the uh support community that's out there and, and what it's evolved to it's not just literally it has evolved so much more and has become more innovative because what minecraft is built on and that it runs in javascript um you know allowed for programmers and developers to just literally take it apart and make their own thing while still main like maintaining the Minecraft essence of it as it goes on. And nobody's playing little big planet right now, especially given the fact that it was on a, you know, only two consoles, really PlayStation three and PlayStation four. Now you've got dreams, which definitely, as you've seen, Preston has a whole other level of complexity when it comes to actually building out things in there. And yes, it's you're building out your own game in there. You know, you're not just building out little levels. You're not going around and exploring, but 
Minecraft has maintained the same level of of intrigue and um, like exploration and and everything since day one, and has continuously added in other things to to further it along. So I think Can it's I more innovative in one in other sense. thing. Yeah, My, Minecraft has ray tracing. How <laughs> dumb is that? <laughs> I That's hate not you. Sell me. <laughs> <laughs> like it's existed long enough that they were like, "Shit, let's just throw ray tracing in it. No big deal." Hey, Quake Two has it as well, so we're not gonna let's not go down that path. I don't want to start doing that argument right now, Kyle. That'll I mean, be later. Dreams is just the evolution of Little Big Planet. Like Minecraft has just been modded and updated as it goes along. Yeah, but even the core game of Minecraft, people still try and get new copies of it all the time like it almost like their kid just barely heard about it you know well yeah it's like it's like legos the video game but i'm not you're not wrong like minecraft is a hugely innovative game yeah and there there are people that, that still that's very true but i mean it it didn't hold i mean we're we're looking at the same thing as like Eternal Darkness. Like, yeah, it had a good idea, but I mean, RPG Maker had a good idea back, you know, on original PlayStation, but no one played it except for probably me and like five people. I don't know, but Little Big Planet was fairly. I mean, it didn't. You're not, it's, the popularity did not goes to Minecraft. Like, I get I get that, but Little Big Planet was quite popular enough to get the three three of them, and then not Dreams. Like, it spawned three sequels. It was so good. I think maybe in regards to this fight itself between the two, I also look at accessibility, and it goes back to the platforms that this game can be played on, whereas you have to buy a PlayStation to be able to play Little Big Planet. I don't have to buy a PlayStation to be able to play Minecraft. I don't need something specific to play Minecraft. I can, like, you didn't need the best of the best computer to go ahead and load this game up. I mean, my, like, when my kids first started playing Minecraft, and it was well after it came out, it was on a a rinky-dink, like, looked like a gateway computer that had definitely been through the ringer and would still have like been upgraded from time to time, but it still played Minecraft a little bit choppy, but it still allowed them to play and build and do everything that they wanted to do in that game. And so the accessibility was there for a lot of people. I didn't have to buy a console to just play that game. Yeah, go ahead. Do it for a, yeah, tear the bandaid off. You're, you're not wrong, but damn it. Little big planet's good. (laughs) The Big Planet is innovative as fuck. Yeah, it is. I won't. I won't. I won't either. Discount. Yeah, that. go ahead. Yeah, just before I ah before I regret this. You're not wrong, Minecraft. It's hugely innovative. It's. I I really did. I really do like a lot of the stuff that came out of Little Big Planet. I mean, one of the guys I watch on YouTube that was like one of the first series of videos I watched of him just playing it with his dad, just goofing off, and that was that was as fun as could be. You know, I, I really loved cool it, shit. but. Yeah. I think Minecraft. Yeah, ends. go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Still got more to argue about, gents. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kyle, Jet Set was... Radio. Give me the sales pitch of why that's the in the 10 most innovative games of all time. It was innovative, but it doesn't belong in a top 10 list. We can cut it. It was really cool. I mean, I don't think there was really any other games out there that had, you know, 
at the time it had it was one of the very first cell shaded games um it it blended skating with uh tagging stuff and that that was like the premise of the game uh that that's what the whole wacky story was based around but yeah you can cut it sounds like a plan to me I really have no idea where to go next, guys. This is rough. I'm trying. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm mm. I'm kind of looking at God of War. I've been kind of eyeing that one, unfortunately. What was that, Preston? It invented the QTE. Yeah, that, I mean, that was the big reason I had it on there was was for that. And like the whole well, think about those set pieces, the cinematic, yeah, the cinematic level of it. But yeah, yeah, fuck. But honestly, a QTE really isn't. I don't know how innovative is that. But like, also, kind of is everybody uses it. Yeah, because but I'm also thinking of things like Ninja Blade, where it's like sometimes it's not great. You know. Well, I didn't put Shenmue on here, and it was the game that invented QTE. Yeah, but was Shenmue wasn't nearly as cinematic as God of War. Like actually watching. Uh, Kratos, no, most of Shenmue was cinematics. No, but like we're talking to the scale of God of War. Like him no. ripping off a Titan's finger. No, it was not and, nearly as epic. Like, but I'm just saying, it was more cinematic than than God of War. It was a different type of cinematic. It would have probably put you to sleep, Preston. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, go ahead. You sure? I don't know. Why is Final Fantasy VII one of the ten here? I'm sorry, you cut out there. Can you say that again? Why is why, why is Final Fantasy one of the ten? Why why is that in the running? I mean, that one what is it's, it's so really innovative? it's everything. It's it's the the story and like because I'm thinking like back to when it was even marketed, like it was really one of the first games that was like sold as this cinematic game. Um, so. Even the way it was sold to the public, because they knew what what kind of story it was going to be. Um, music, the music was. I really feel like that was one of the first games that that pushed the boundary for music, to really make it a part of the game itself. I don't know how I would. Story is... I mean, it's not even your favorite Final Fantasy story. It was also like... And I think it was just because of the times, too. But it was that... You know, the the, the graphics had kind of 
moved on from from 2D to 3D and I think that was the one of the major selling points um, let's see here it was the whole I mean this is specific to the game but the materia system was new and that was wildly popular wildly innovative because um, you could do whatever combinations you wanted with any character so you didn't have specific roles like this character is a mage and they have to be you could kind of build people out however you wanted to so as far as gameplay itself goes that's another huge plus on that side because you got to really make your characters how you wanted them to be they weren't locked in a role like they were previously previously in final fantasies or there are RPGs where you can cast roles in of your characters, right? Right, but but I mean like as far as actual like if you change a role, it's you have to be you're limited to whatever that role is, whereas this one you can do anything with any one. Hmm, okay. Sounds like we're undecided on this one right now. I don't know. Like when I look a lot of, at a lot of these, they did something as a gameplay staple or mechanic that a whole genre was either born from or other games would steal from. I don't think Final Fantasy does that to that point, but I don't know. I didn't. I mean, I didn't play all Final Fantasy VII. I've only played a little bit of it, so. So maybe we need to circle back around to it then. We gotta start cutting shit. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm just saying. We it's... can't keep coming back around to everything. We gotta start cutting shit. I know. Kyle, what do you think about Final Fantasy? Uh... <laughs> I know that sound. I'm not ready to cut Final Fantasy yet. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> what about no. Shadow of the Colossus? That was the first game they had enemies that large on the screen and pushed the system to that kind of a limit. Everything, whenever you had an enemy that large, it was always a set piece. It was an actual level design oh, thing that they built it around. Right. These were actual living... I do remember that yeah, being part like, of the the big thing when they first released it, damn it. Yeah, like, it's an actual enemy that's that fucking big in the game. Yeah. That was unbelievable that they pulled that off, especially with a PlayStation 2. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. That's true. I mean, you think at that point in time, it... it at that point in time, it looked the best that a game could be. You know, that's that's also the other side of it is not necessarily just the amount of power that you're pushing out to handle those the the size of the creatures and of course them themselves being a level, but you're talking also about the artistic side of things too. Yeah, like God of War was a little different. Like, yes, there were giant like you climbed a Titan in God of War, but that was a set piece. It was something completely different. It was part of the level built. It wasn't the same thing. Mm. I don't know many games that have even done that as well. Like, 
Like those giant enemies you see in Final Fantasy, Dan? Like Shadow of the Colossus, they owe that. Those Monster Hunter giant monsters, thank you Shadow of the Colossus for showing that you could fucking put an enemy that large into a game. I don't know. Wait, wait, what, what monster are you talking about in Final Fantasy? Like in 15, that giant-ass mountain. Isn't that in 15? Right. Yeah, well, like, thanks to, like, Shadow of the Colossus, they were able to put something that large, those large enemies into games to show that it could be done. Hmm. I can't think of a game before that that had done enemies that large. To that scale, especially. Well, I mean, again, that's also... I think that's because of the hardware catching up. Because, I mean, even... Like, I, I was immediately thought of, like, the the weapons you fight in 7. Those are giant enemies. They're the size of a city, and you fight them. But because it's PS1, they... They're on the mini map, so you they're they're huge on the mini map and you go up to them and then you you do the encounter, but they're, you know, thirty feet tall instead of three hundred feet tall or whatever. But I think that's But they're not a moving they're not a moving piece of the of the world like they are in Shadow of the Colossus. Like they're a loaded into thing. That it's different with Final Fantasy, I think. And again, like, I, I guess if you're going to make that argument for Shadow of the Colossus, couldn't I make it for Final Fantasy then? Is like it was just the technology that allowed it to push further than the previous Final Fantasies? Maybe the fact that they actually had to take Final Fantasy VII because it was so big and they wanted to present so much, they had to split it across three discs. Wasn't it four? Th- maybe it's, it's four. Three. Is okay. it just three? No. That's what I'm saying. Is like It's not all like one game on one disc you know the playstation 2 could handle that because a, a dvd can hold more data than the the cd style format that the playstation used so they wanted to keep the cinematic side of things they wanted to keep the depth on things so they had to make the decision to split the game up into three separate discs in one case i am not persuaded by that argument <laughs> Just, i i understand i understand <laughs> ah fuck I mean, I could lose Shadow of the Colossus, but if we do, we should lose like a lot of these then. Like, <laughs> oh dear. Maybe we should circle back to BattleTech. What do you? That's because the arcade version of BattleTech is actually MechWarrior. You you are playing the the PC version of MechWarrior on a server. Granted, it's with a uh, overlay, but that—that's technically what you're playing. No, that's that. You know what? I can I can agree there because the other game I was thinking about, I can't remember the name of the game. I know you guys probably know what it is, but there was one for, I think the Xbox, and it like had some giant control system that you could actually buy for for like three hundred bucks, and it was the most cumbersome control system to use. Um. Armored Core comes to mind for some reason, but I'm sure that's probably wrong. No, Armored Core was a PlayStation was originally a PlayStation game. 
Yeah, but there, there was something like that though. But no, no, you're 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 right on that front. Is it's multiple PCs all connected to a you know playing a LAN game, but using specialized controls to do so. You know Steel what? Steel Battalion was what it was. Thank you. Yes, thank you. That's that's like Armored Core stuck in my head for some reason. But you know, um, similar enough, I guess. But yes, so I think it can go, especially for that. I think you've got a good point. Is that it's just a PC game with more. Um, more of an interactive side to it than anything, you know, more of an immersive side, but it's not innovative enough, I think, compared to some of these others. So, yep, I eliminated yeah, it. Yeah, because really and truly, I mean, what you're doing is you're running the server version of uh, Mech, Mech Warrior mm-hmm. with, you know, 12 different controllers, essentially. Yeah, that's that's true. Like you said, it's individual PCs with the controls. It's just like the yeah. same people who nowadays are playing, you know, like the the uh, the actual Formula One racers who can't go out and race because of the virus, and so they you know have all these they have their own rig set up and they're competing in in virtual races. So right, it kind of all falls in the same way. Yeah, you could use a keyboard and mouse to do it, or just your regular steering wheel. You know, cheap hundred dollar controller to hook in but no yeah they got like a four thousand dollar rig so for that part of it especially i agree it's gone how about we switch this around and we see if there's any unanimous ones so i know what i'm fighting with okay okay so is world of warcraft unanimous it's not for me not for me okay final fantasy 7 that one's also not for me. I think it belongs in there. Sharon, where are you at on Final Fantasy? Um, or at least it, I think it belongs to stay and fight. Okay, okay, so okay, so we'll see if it. We'll, we'll have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, GTA Three. I think that belongs there. Same. Yeah, I agree with GTA. Yeah. Okay, Minecraft. Yep. Yes, I think that belongs there. Yeah. I think it fought its way on. Uh, Sims, I still need to be convinced on Sims. I'm actually kind of like, eh, on the Sims now, compared to everything else, really. I, I, I'm fine with cutting Sims, if we want to cut it. I, I can I can make a sway argument if someone is still um, on the fence about Sims. Is that you, Travis? No, it wasn't me. I was more asking the question on Sims specifically, just, you know, kind of like, why Sims 1 versus 2? So that... That wasn't me. I mean, if it goes, it goes. Oh, okay. Because I'm good with it going. Okay, let's cut that one then. If no one's too passionate about that one. Fair enough. I will nix it off uh, the list. Mortal Kombat. I think Mortal Kombat belongs on the list, but I don't know. Yeah, I think it we needs need to have a talk I about that I think it one. needs to stay. Yeah. Travis, what do you think? Mmm... Keep it. All right. Unanimous? All right. Keep that one in. So that's three. Mario 64. I think that has to be here. Yes. 100% agree. Yep. Okay. Diablo. I need to be convinced on Diablo. Uh, Street Fighter. Mm, Yes. I do think Street Fighter belongs there. I'm I'm down with that. I was the only one that really brought it up. Yeah, so. I think so too. Yeah, I think that can sure. be also here, but it'd be interesting to see, of course, more 
you know, two fires so on here. Five, or is that six? One, two, three, four, five. That's five. Okay, Doom. I think Doom has to be there. Yeah, Doom. Yes, Doom has to. Absolutely. Okay. Seven. Shadow of the Colossus sounds like we need an argument. Metal Gear Solid. I think Metal Gear Solid needs to be there. What what grounds are we going on Metal Gear Solid? Agreed. I want to there are there are other stealth games, and but, specifically but no, there is okay, there are two previous Metal Gear games. Okay, so okay, so we need to have a talk with him. Okay, so let's keep moving then. Uh, Resident Evil. Um, I could be convinced on Resident Evil either way, so that's not unanimous for me. I. I think it could be there, but we we could we could have a conversation about it. Yeah, let's okay. plan on debating that one a little bit more. Okay, dance dance. I know I fought for it over Guitar Hero, but I could still be convinced that that needs to go. Yeah, I'm um, not on that one either. I don't know. I I I think I could let go of that one. It's not a format that still people still follow. Uh, worldwide, it's not something that you know. People don't go out and still try and find DDR games on the. Well, raid. just because the game's gone now doesn't. I mean, there's there's still rhythm based games, and they owe it to, and the ones that use peripherals. That's very true. That's mm-hmm. very true. But I mean, a lot of these Otherwise, other games should we they, take Goldeneye still... off then too? Because no game no. Like Goldeneye. <sighs> No game is as bad as Doom is or was, like staying on a linear plane for shooting. Like, yeah, I'm just wondering. Yeah, but yeah. even in that argument, there are people that that have remade Goldeneye. Goldeneye's had people that have tried to remake it for consoles. Like, they, they've dance tried. Um, yeah, I okay. Yeah, we'll leave it on there. I, I need to have a talk about that one. I'm still not. I, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Portal. Is that unanimous? Yeah, it's got to stay. Yeah. Does it? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm with Portal. I'm gonna put a little note by the ones that we're all in agreement on because I'm. Okay. I don't want to get them mixed I think up. We're at seven, aren't we? That's that's fair. That's a good idea. Uh, Portal. Dan, are you? Unanimous with Portal, or do you need convincing? I mean, it's three on one, so it, it's going to stay regardless. No, so that doesn't that's fine. mean anything. That doesn't. If, no, that doesn't mean anything because I could be convinced of Portal too. Because on, honestly, it's a game mechanic that's revolutionary about it. But I don't know how high we're so, holding that. Is is it the console? Is it the console shooter experience that we're going after? For for Goldeneye, that it stays on here, or is it because it's multiplayer shooter? The multiplayer shooter. Yeah, because Doom, Doom did do it first. That's true. You could play it via dial-up, but it was, um, I mean, at least, you know, for WAN-based, but for LAN stuff, yeah, you also could. And it did have, you know, if people did have the experience, they could build their own levels. And I, I will put this out there that the, I hate to go this way with it, but I'll make it clear. The Columbine shooters did actually build Columbine High School in Doom. So... You know, it, it's definitely. But just because it did it first, part. I mean, we cut Little Big Planet earlier mm-hmm. because even though it did it first, because Mike, you guys think Minecraft did it better, 
and to a larger extent, and it made it more accessible. I mean, GoldenEye did that for the online shoot for the sh- multiplayer shooter. Plus, I guess maybe more so, like we look at GoldenEye versus Doom specifically, is because um like in our argument for minecraft like what i brought up about the accessibility on things too is that everybody at that point in time had a console you know or at least it was easier to get a console than it was to get a home computer because prices were still not down enough or it wasn't cost effective to go buy a computer instead of like going to say like the library and using what they had there so doom itself was specifically on pc and you didn't see it come out until, of course, you know, they made Doom 64. But GoldenEye, of course, had that accessibility level and, of course, was innovative in the sense that it's like I could have all my friends over and play multiplayer on this one machine, you know, too, instead of each person bringing over their own computer and everybody having to hook up and play together that way, too. So you are right in the argument of how we compared Minecraft to Little Big Planet. Um, you know, in this case, I would say. Maybe Goldeneye over Doom. Well, Doom created the first-person shooter, though. Like Goldeneye created the multiplayer mm-hmm. first-person shooter. I guess it comes there's, down to two different things. Yeah, th- then it, yeah, then it comes down to an argument that they're they both should be on the list because they both meet, um, they both do match up in some ways. But ultimately, the criteria that we're kind of laying them out against on the innovation side of things is is different. Yeah. So I, I'm okay. If- I mean, I can still hear arguments over Golden. I don't think Golden is unanimous. I think I can I can be persuaded that Golden does not belong in there. I just don't know. Okay. Okay. So what do we add on the agreement ones? One, two, three, four, five, six. Looks like six. Seven with Portal, right? Because I think we were there. Or we're going to still argue that one a bit more. I need to be like, I'm pretty close to having it there, but I need to be swayed on that one. Actually, yeah, you, you, you want to convince me that that belongs over there. Yeah, why don't you guys talk about Portal now? So, like it's the interdimensional travel thing. Like, I had never seen that in a game. It's a a game mechanic that's completely original in its own game. I've never seen it. It's the only yeah, game that's ever used it. It took puzzle games. It's to a, a first level. person. Yeah, it's a first person quantum physics puzzle game. When was the? When was the? When have you ever been able to say that? Not not you're, until I mean, Portal was made. You're not wrong, but a lot of these other ones are genre-defining or yeah. genre-creating, and Portal's the one of a kind. But even then, how many first-person shooter puzzle games like that, that were first-person shooter that were more exclusively designed to be a puzzle game were there before Portal? I... I I don't know. Probably not many, but I. I mean, I there's a work. lot more now, but I I can't think of any before Portal. I'm sure there were. I don't know though, but. Hmm. I mean, Portal had a speed to it, but there were games before Portal that were first-person puzzle games. Portal wasn't the first first-person perspective of a puzzle game. That were it didn't exclusively have, it, puzzle it games, shoot, though? They weren't shooters, but... That were first-person shooter puzzle games exclusively, though, is what I'm they weren't. They, no, they weren't shooters. They were just first-person perspective puzzle games, but that's damn close. Uh, 
that and the like I said, the whole quantum physics aspect of it, the fact that you, you know, not not only were you using portals to move around, but you had to think about, you know, gravity, the the use of gravity in the portals. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you could you could bring something up to terminal velocity. You could kill yourself if you brought yourself up to terminal velocity. And you could do it in a very, very small room. That would be the argument for me for Portal, is the unique game mechanic, but I don't think it's genre-defining like some of these others, so I don't know. Well, and there, there were actually puzzles that you had to use, you know, the fact that gravity was a factor to, to build up speed in order to launch objects further um, to solve a puzzle. I think on the other side of it, too, is that I think Portal really did set it because... Um, yeah, there were puzzle games beforehand. I mean, if you want to go as rudimentary as possible, I mean, you know, Tetris was a puzzle game anyway. But the fact that all these other games that have come out, like the Turing effect, as an example, of course, is is one that's modeled right off of Portal. You've also got, um, what is it, Neb- Nebicular Drop or something like that, I think was the name of it. Um, I got to actually look for the name of it, too. But then there was like Antichamber. Um let me look here because I think maybe Nebicular Drop actually came out before. Talos Principle. Yeah. Yeah, let's see here. I'm trying to find it. But those are all kind of like the similar types of game, too, though. Like actual like setting and aesthetics. Like they're not unique. Like I could almost be convinced that any of those is a sequel to Portal in some way. Oh, hey. So. So Portal, indeed, was not the first one here. It looks like Nar- uh, Narbacular Drop was actually made by um, like by the same designers who went to Valve and ended up making Portal. Like, they just took the original game that they made and then, you know, polished it to meet Valve's standards, and sure, here enough, they release it as, as Portal. So Then I guess we just found our answer. Maybe it doesn't deserve to be on the list because of that. Yeah, it says here that Valve actually saw the game and thought that was really cool and and basically hired the team. It's like, all you guys can come work for us. We want you to do the same thing. But in this universe, with this technology, doing this. And that's why Portal looks the way it does and feels the way it does and lines up in more ways than one with the Half-Life universe. So... Maybe Portal does come off of that. Is that it was? It was more that it maybe brought focus to the, um, to the idea of that level of puzzle games, but that it, including the story part of it too, but that ultimately, you know, it it was not the first one to do that. It took literally a game company to make this the the predecessor to it, and for Valve to scoop them up and say, do that again, but this way. I mean, I guess I can make the argument there's a lot of puzzle games that do that, but that's kind of what a puzzle game does, is it introduces a mechanic that is unique in its own way. Like, if we even did The Witness, The Witness is unlike any other puzzle game I've ever seen, or Baba Is You. They're unlike any puzzle games I've ever seen, but I wouldn't call them innovative in that sense. It's almost, so I think it's almost a necessity that. for it to be yeah, considered like, a puzzle game in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. I think it. that's a hard cut, but I think it needs to go. That's a really hard cut. I hope everyone. 
All right, so we're kind of agreeing here that Portal needs to go the to go away. Yeah, do it quick, hurry. Okay. Man, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight with the way we're cutting things on this list. Yeah, I think you should cut Shadow of the Colossus at this point. Interesting, but okay. Uh, I'm going to go same for World of Warcraft. Okay. We, I mean, we've had the talks. I just don't think the, I just don't think that stacks compared to some of this shit. Okay, and I know we were kind of holding off on the argument, or at least discussion point on Resident Evil. So let's let's circle to that one now. Um. Okay. So what Resident Evil different from other horror games was the they created the survival horror genre by introducing survival mechanics into it, where you had limited ammo. It was tight corridors. It was in a, uh, a setting that was done really well, but it was mainly limited number the, of saves. Yeah, and it made the game. It gave the player a certain anxiety about the game that every horror game since then has taken, and the good ones at least. Like that's they know that that's what they need. Like Dead Space is good because you don't have a fucking shitload of ammo. Mm-hmm. Like that's a huge thing, but that. At the same time, that's such a simple change that I don't know if it's really that innovative. I don't know. I I think it is. I mean, all they did was just... You get less bullets. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. You so think that is, huh? So I'm looking at it, too. Like, I, I had to go and actually see. It's like, okay, what came out before... Um, you know, before Resident Evil did, especially like in the horror genre of things too. I mean, you know, Resident Evil did kind of at least start the popularization of the jump scare stuff too, because you could be walking down one of those corridors and sure enough, you know, a zombie um, Doberman could jump through the window and just come after you. Or one of those uh, lizard men could also start, you know, chasing you down too. Or, hey, I'm going to go into this room and, you know, oh, cool, there's a piano I can interact with. And, oh, crap, giant snake sticks its head out of a hole in the wall. Um, you know, I'm looking at some of these other games that came out, I think maybe more of like how the game actually gets you involved versus some of these older ones, which look more like, you know, um, choose your own adventure level type games. Um, like you're kind of just navigating around in some already pre-rendered, pre-built, um, areas you've got some choices go left go right and so on but you're not actually interacting with anything to move it around and the fact too that the limited saves in resident evil also puts um more pressure on your shoulders it's like should i save now do i have enough um ink reels for the typewriter to actually go and save do i should i carry all of this with me and actually put it into inventory you know that's a that's a big thing so i think on the innovation front you know horror part maybe not necessarily but the way you actually interacted in a horror game that's such a simple innovation though like that's true but look at a lot of the other stuff that has come out since then that really follows or or it had at least that point in time followed the resident evil uh mantra i mean we didn't get i guess if you want to look at it you know silent hill could be compared to resident evil not necessarily a hundred percent but the way that plays and the way you have to get through that game is 
almost on point with Resident Evil. Um, I'm sure there's yeah. others, but I'm okay, drawing a yeah, blank. Put it on the list. I'm okay with that. Okay. I will add our, our K mark to it. So what's that bring yeah, our like, consensus? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Jesus Christ, you guys. We're at seven. Mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid has to be on this list. Like, I know that, Kyle, there were other Metal Gears before that, but this took it into a 3D world like any, no other stealth game had. And every stealth game is really built on now. Like, all the Hitmans, all the Splinter Cells, all the other new Metal Gears. Like, they all came from this. Even Thief, to a certain extent. Like, those games even come from Metal Gear in a lot of ways. And... Like... Then I think it was the first game to to break the fourth wall in such a way that you had to interact with actual things in the real world. Like... You had to have the case. Like, if it was your first time playing Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation, you had to have the physical jewel case in order to get a hold of Meryl. You yeah. you had to uh, swap your controller. For the uh, Psychomantis fight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dur- yeah, during the Psychomantis fight. Otherwise, you were never going to win. Or if you did, yeah. it was a friggin' miracle. So it wasn't yeah. just the stealth side of things, but it was the fourth wall breaking that was truly innovative. And I I would agree that it does need to be on this list, especially because of that. Not just the stealth itself, but because of the fourth wall. I might also argue, like, it's the... I think that game sets the stage for creative directors really taking center stage on their game versus the publisher. So, like, this isn't a Nintendo game. This is a Kojima game. I think Metal Gear Solid did that. And allows for that to happen nowadays, but as far but that's more of like a industry thing versus actual gameplay. But I think there's a lot of gameplay stuff for Metal Gear as well. Mm-hmm. I say keep. Same. What was yeah. the What was the first thing you said about keeping it? Well. Uh, I don't know. I said a lot of things. <laughs> um, it brought the 3D stealth games to life. Uh, okay. Can we because maybe circle back to like Goldeneye? Mm. Yeah, I could lose Goldeneye. I mean, think I, about it this way. I think it was the right franchise at the right time. You know, it just happened to be that it was a PG-13 violent movie. And being as it was PG-13, it was just, you know, it was edgy enough, but it was also, you know, in the in the realm of kids. So Nintendo could put it out, you know, because how many how many M rated games, especially at that time, did Nintendo have? I mean, granted, yeah, they put out the Dooms. On, on Super NES, and they had Doom 64 as an exclusive uh, for so many years until it just recently re-released. But, I mean, there weren't a ton of games. It was it was a home run because of the franchise, and it, it had good timing, but there were other multiplayer games before it. 
it did it really well. And it did it really good. That's why it, Minecraft's it was, here, though, isn't it? Because it did it really well. It was a four-player game on a console. But also, Minecraft is... It's generational. And it... Like... It's been on the 360. It's on the one. It's going to be on the um, Series X. And it's accessible. You know, you can get it on, you know, an iPhone. You can get it on an Android tablet. On just a regular Android phone. Shit, you can download it on the, the cheapest phone out there. Granted, you may not be getting a full great version of it but for between depending on the app store you're getting it for like between five and twenty dollars i would argue goldeneye was just as generational like you see all those meme posts like this was my childhood same versus call of duty today like goldeneye was our shooter back in the day well i did find some stuff on here that i hadn't actually read before and understood either that might kind of sway towards actually keeping goldeneye here specifically so uh one of the things that it's talked about of course was demonstrating the viability of game consoles as platforms for the shooter genre uh for signaling a transition from the then standard doom-like approach to a more realistic style and also featured uh, pioneered features such as atmospheric single-player missions, stealth elements, I guess, to a, a point, uh, and the console multiplayer deathmatch mode. That's a huge thing. I think Wikipedia all for all of that. multiplayer online shooters are built off of that. Look at Halo. We cut Halo. Halo. Because Goldeneye did it first. Not even necessarily, but the fact that, you know, it's like there wasn't anything necessarily innovative about Halo. The story was good. The the graphics were good for that point in time. The uh, the way you'd play multiplayer was good. And it, it literally looked exactly like, you know, a, a Halo for the Xbox was Goldeneye for the N64. And see, I can't say what we just said about Goldeneye for Final Fantasy. I don't know. I didn't play. What are we at? Eight? Uh, two, four, six, eight. Yeah, so we got two more here. And that's why it's like I'm kind of looking at like DDR again, though, still. Um, it's like I would probably pick, honestly, Final Fantasy VII probably over Diablo two. I think I would pick Final Fantasy VII over Diablo 2. Why? Sir, did we lose you, Dan? Are we at an impasse? No, no, I was I'm talking just, to you, Kyle. I'm just trying to think. What? Like, I was I was asking you, Kyle. Why would you take Final Fantasy over Diablo? Uh, Richer story, richer character development. Um, but that all speaks to it being a better game, not an innovative game. Yeah, but at the time, there was nothing of that length, though, either. Length doesn't pertain. I'm, I'm I mean, curious. That's, that's almost kind of why you have Metal I mean, you... Gear, though, because you were like, it's the like first like 3D stealth, but it's like that's, you know. That's a, Final Fantasy is the same boat. 
7 and Metal Gear. Yeah. You because you, you think Final Fantasy is the first 3D Well, it's RPG? it's it's what it's what set the current standard for AJRPG. Yeah. And actually it was the first 3D JRPG, wasn't it? Yes. And really, Goldeneye didn't set the standard for online multiplayer because, like I said, it didn't have online, online multiplayer. multiplayer. Well, it they they had it. You know, Doom had been doing it. No, no, no. The online stuff. There wasn't online for for Nintendo. You know. I know, but well, yeah, but even as far as like multiplayer shooters. It didn't set the president precedent for multiplayer shooters because Doom had done did it. Minecraft for builders, like. Hmm. Yeah, there but there's the whole creative aspect. There was an accessibility to GoldenEye that made it so special. That's true. That was one of the points was we could bring though? up. Well, so my Goldeneye was extremely accessible. What are you talking about? Yeah, so my argument on the accessibility I, for Minecraft, the argument for the accessibility I, of Minecraft was specifically to the number of platforms it could get to, and it didn't have to run on the the highest tier platform. Even though it started on PC, you know, it wormed its way to everything, and it still sells so well to this point, though. Too even with its rudimentary level uh, gameplay on it, though. Too Goldeneye sixty four at the point in time you know, was accessible for the fact that, you know, PCs were a lot harder to, to purchase than to, or at least more cost effective to purchase. And yeah, but consoles were still really expensive and 64 games were never cheap. They were, but I, okay, but it was a lot easier to sit four friends down and plug in four controllers than it was to link four PCs. Exactly. That's true. But I mean, you can't compare that accessibility to, you know, being able to have a $5 download. Well, I was talking about accessibility in the way the game is presented and how easy it is to play, and easy to get, and easy to get what, easy to perform what it wants. And that's why I was le- that's the way I was leaning with Minecraft as well, though. Too is that it's not necessarily. I mean, I did make the comment though, especially that it was on a lot of these platforms to play, but it is it's easy to get into. Like, y- yeah, you can hop in, you can hop too. into it, and it will take you like maybe twenty minutes to half an hour. To actually kind of, you know, figure out, okay, what do I need to do? Where do I need to go? And you start to get the mechanics of it. GoldenEye is accessible in the fact that, yeah, exactly. You can have you and three friends together all plug your N64 controllers in, or if you're lucky to have four of them, and you guys could just play that, you know, too. And then there were other games that had multiplayer aspects, though, on the N64. So I would say GoldenEye was kind of like the starting point for a lot of that anyway, um, because I... Going thinking back to childhood, I really remember going over to people's houses, and it was like if you saw a computer, it was the family computer. It was the one computer that everyone on, and it was like the one that you know the dad or the mom were really protective of. And it's like, oh well, it can get on the internet, but we're not going to let you kids get on it. Here, go play the N sixty four, and you know that was still perfectly fine for us because we could get on and play all these different games. It was just that much more accessible. And also, you can't get on the internet when we get a telephone call. Bingo. Absolutely. So I think that's that was where more 
like the discussion about accessibility was leaning to with GoldenEye specifically that I, I look back towards my childhood and I see more people, more of the people I grew up with having N64s and playing on those than I do actually starting to touch a computer well until like the early 2000s when Game On opened in town. I guess I might argue that Final Fantasy wasn't the first 3D game, though. No. Like, there were other games that brought the characters into a 3D world, open world exploring. Final Fantasy was just the first RPG to do it. JRPG to do it. Is that really innovative if other people have already done that? All you did was take what they did and brought it to your game, to your style. Let me let me ask this of the Final Fantasy expert here. So Dan, um, you know, with a lot of the the other RPG games that were actually out there, you know, you're talking. Let's go back your old school kind of top down, um, you know, Nintendo Super Nintendo level games though too. So like what the, was... the Mana games, the Chrono games, stuff like mm-hmm, that. Exactly. Okay. Like what what resonated more specifically and like what kind of moved the, the genre along more than anything else? Was it those games or was it final fantasy? Like what moved that along? Because that's where I'm kind of starting to lean with final fantasy seven right now is that if this was like the first 3d instance of a final fantasy game and they wanted to deliver so much, they had to split it across the three discs. They had to compartmentalize these this one game into three separate entities in one case you know um was a lot of that driven specifically because there's there was more players of final fantasy rpgs than there were of the other series that were out there i'm sorry what are you what are you asking so so let me yeah let me let me kind of tldr it here so Final Fantasy VII being on this list, of course, this was the first 3D Final Fantasy game, correct? Like first, full 3D the, game? First 3D JRPG, yes. 3D JRPG, okay. Compared to the rest of these series in that who had been doing the 2D gaming or 2D RPGs alongside the other Final Fantasy games, um, did this one really kind of define what RPGs were going to be going forward instead of just your top-down uh, Chrono Trigger, or even I think like Legacy of Kane for some reason came up in a list I just looked at though too. Uh, but yeah, were like was this really what defined that? Was it innovative enough? Like showing it's like okay, RPGs can still be immersive and have this quality of sound and and content and story and everything and still be an RPG. You know, was Final Fantasy the the innovative side of that and drove that? Yes. Okay. Sorry on the round robin stuff there. I was, <laughs> no, you're fine. I, I I love, but I would argue like Bioshock did that for like first person shooter stories, and we cut Bioshock because I don't think stories enough. Like what is what what are the major gameplay innovations that Final Fantasy VII has over some of these? Like Diablo, that loot thing, that's a big thing, man. Like DDR, it's a rhythm game that brought a peripheral, the first of peripherals. I just don't see. I don't know. 
What's, well, I mean, like, kind of like I was saying earlier with, with the materia system, it's a whole new thing that they have been trying to improve, but never, or trying to replicate, I guess, but never really hit on it the same way the original one did. Another thing, and this does go back to more of just like the story itself, but to have main characters that you knew die changed the way storytelling happens in games because there's up until that point there was ever never really any kind of real concern for any characters because they're like oh they're main characters they'll you know the, the throughout the game they will figure out what they need to and and there was always this happy ending and i think this kind of shook up the storytelling formula too for gaming as a whole I think a lot of the games we cut did too, though. All right, so what would what would be everybody's two right now? Two to to keep or get rid of. Two to keep. Yeah. What were the what? So you'd put Final Fantasy and Diablo on. I'm guessing. Those are the two I'm leaning toward. Yes. Yeah. Sure. I'm at Final Fantasy and Goldeneye. Okay. Kyle, what are you at? Final Fantasy and DDR. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, go ahead and put Final Fantasy on then. Okay. Okay. So now it's between these three, DDR, Goldeneye, and Diablo 2. I... <laughs> they each have one vote. <laughs> no Shit. I am voting for maybe DDR to go, and in regards to rhythm game, well, no, fuck. That was the original rhythm game, really. That's what really set a lot of these things to. Um, I know we talked about the, like, because the peripheral stuff came up, that's what kind of got stuck in my head. And I'm thinking back to, you know, the uh, the super scope on the Super Nintendo and the power glove for the NES and um, just some of these other wacky things like, the, you know, Nintendo would put out specifically for their stuff. Um, I don't know. I just got kind of latched onto the peripheral side of things. And I'm like, okay, it's a dance game and you can go buy peripherals for it. You know, to do this at home instead of dumping quarters into a coin slot at a uh, at a local arcade if they actually have the DDR game or whatever this clone is that's out. I can't remember the actual name of it where the arrows are in each corner instead of the um, up, down, left, right. Mm. All right. Each of you give me your pitch for your game real fast and on the side. <laughs> So you're saying you're going to be the final decision point here? For I am. I'm the, I'm the one who... True. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Dan. Start I'm us the off, one man. Put it into the second. Well, I think for Diablo 2, it, it's like the father of action RPGs. Like every game since then has tried to capture the same essence that D2 did. And even outside of action RPGs, we have other looters that have taken influence from it. 
like Borderlands and Destiny. So I think it reaches pretty far outside of even just its own genre. And you don't think that for like GoldenEye or DDR? For their respective genres? For the Not to the same extent. Multiplayer shooter or rhythm game? Hmm. Alright, Kyle, tell me why DDR. I don't know. It... It's the father of all rhythm games, I feel like, you know? Um, people still play rhythm games to this day. It, it, it's almost like it created a genre that, that's not going anywhere. Even for just, you know, boredom, they're, they're uh, like touch joy games, I guess some of them are called. Um, where, you know, it's, it's literally rhythm pattern touch based you know making sure you hit the patterns just right um and like we said it 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 brought about guitar hero and even furthering on like dj hero god forbid but i don't like dj hero (laughs) i've never played it so it's hard hmm Sure. Golden Eye. Uh, that's a good. That's a good sales pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know. I like that. One. I don't know what else to Golden really. Eye. I feel like I've. <laughs> I feel like I've just said so much about it. It's just. It's. Yeah. How much else can I really say about Golden Eye other than the fact that you know it's, it didn't really define any shooter stuff per se, other than really kind of like, you know, it was like the first shooter I ever remember playing um you know the fact that it was it was tied in with a james bond film had nothing to do with it because i didn't see the actual goldeneye movie till after i had even played the game um i think it was really where i remember a lot of it most of all was um i think the multiplayer stuff with it was the big thing and i think that was always going to be the big selling point for it no matter what too is that as soon as it you saw how cool it was to be able to shoot your friends or to be the asshole odd job and knock him out by throwing his hat. You know, that led a, that led kind of a small revolution there, at least when it comes to this. It's like, okay, we can actually go ahead and have people playing these games together, you know, at the same time and and having a grand old time with it. And it, it really set everything up going forward for a lot of the other games that have come out since then. Again, like we said, Halo as the big example it was it literally if you if you nix the the story part of halo itself which was still great um the multiplayer side of it was definitely more expansive than the multiplayer levels in goldeneye but four player split screen playing basically with the same guns you know it was it was literally looked like goldeneye just you know on an alien world um but the accessibility part two kind of still circling around back to that is that, you know, everybody had an N64, at least everybody knew someone who did and going over and playing was never usually a hassle to do these things together. Um, and it made it more cost effective, you know, for friends to hang out and actually play these games together or, you know, let's load up in the car and go to Blockbuster and let's go pick up 
GoldenEye, and we'll bring it back here, no problem, compared to trying to install a game on a PC, especially if you were trying to play something and try to install it via dial-up, or you're pissing off your parents because it is the family computer, and you know you could possibly blow it up by touching the wrong button. Who knows? But I think that's where GoldenEye really sits with me. That's why I'm for it being on the list. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. So the check cleared, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's just what it led to is so big in comparison to Diablo and DDR in my mind. Like, I would think shooters are the biggest genre of video game out there that the most people play. And you're playing with your friends, and it all came from GoldenEye in my mind. But I think you think it just came from GoldenEye because that was that was what was available the most for that for the area where you know or the time that it was big for us you know or that we started really getting into games i agree but you know especially with friends you know before that we we didn't really game with friends and that was what was easily available to us you know whereas if we were older it would have been diablo you know, Diablo would have bridged the gap in, in more ways for us. Wait, what? We're, we're... Okay, because so... because of the multiplayer in Diablo, or not Diablo? Excuse me, Doom. Oh, okay. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry, I brain fart. It was the da 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 da. Like maybe you might be right, but Goldeneye was the more accessible of the ones. That's that's what we're. Yeah, but it being accessible doesn't mean it was innovative. I, you know what? Yeah, I'm changing it's... my vote to DDR. DDR over Diablo. Because Kyle, I I think I'm getting some sort of crossfeed here or something like that. Were you talking about DDR or Diablo? You're gonna pick DDR over Diablo. I think I think I'm gonna change to DDR. I love GoldenEye. That game will always sit close to my heart as you know, like one of the first games I remember actually having on an N64. But okay, go ahead and cut GoldenEye then. Okay. Like, I can easily be sold on all three of these, yeah. so... <laughs> DDR, I'm thinking, because I think Kyle has actually put it very clear, is that um, GoldenEye did define shooters on consoles, I think, itself, but there was there hasn't been anything like... There hadn't been anything like DDR, like, you know, up until we started actually seeing the revolution of music and rhythm games like... Um, like Guitar Hero and Rock Band and DJ Hero and uh, Sing Star and if you want to go as far as Just Dance. Um, uh, Was there anything like Diablo's loot system, though? Not up to that point. That's true. Well, this is Diablo 2. I guess there was. 
Well, no, because the first one didn't really have that much loot, which is why they introduced it in two. There was no loot in Diablo There was, but it was so sparse that it was basically pointless. You could go hours without seeing something that you wanted. It's like Overwatch. (sighs) Ah, I could go either one. I don't really... You know what? I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put ET on this list for the Atari 2600. Okay. No, get that. <laughs> it was innovative in the fact that it completely crashed a uh, a global economy and uh, caused Nintendo to come out and make their own shit. So there you go. I'll add. Uh, I'll add. If only ET that were intentional. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, so. What are we? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah. What are we? The only thing, the only thing I will say for go, yeah, go ahead and put for, DDR for Diablo is that its its presence is still felt more today in modern gaming. I agree. I would. It is. I would say so too. Hmm. I, should, I could really go with Diablo, though. Like, <laughs> I should really have a soundboard going here, so that way when we actually get rid of the ones that hurt the hardest, you know, I can have taps playing or something. Yeah, you better just hurry up and do it before I... It's, it's, a, it's, it's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> sure, it's gone. There's no stuff here. What's Diablo 2? Who are you guys? Ah, oh, fuck. Those were hard cuts, man. <laughs> yeah, now we're in the worst part of it. No, I'm not too. I actually think this will be a lot easier. I'm not going to fight you. Okay. I actually, yeah, I'm not going to fight you too much on orders and stuff. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'll fight a little bit, but not too much. Take a quick break, though. Yeah. Uh, I'll just do a quick run over the list of what we got left here. We'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and sort these out. So we've got Final Fantasy VII, the original, Grand Theft Auto III, Minecraft, Mortal Kombat, Super Mario 64, Street Fighter, uh, the original Doom from 1993. Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil, and Dance Dance Revolution. So, yes, we're going to go ahead and take that quick break. Uh, Probably need to go dry our eyes a little bit from the way that this list uh, deliberation (laughs) went, and we will be back with you in a moment. And we are back. I, I... This list has hurt me. I mean, I don't know if you can actually, you know, go get some mental support for PTSD for narrowing down the list of most innovative video games, but here we are. So I think so. I think I think we're ready. I really think we are. All right, read off the list, Sherm. You want me to read the list again? All right. Uh, so on our list, we've got Final Fantasy VII, the original, Grand Theft Auto III, Minecraft, Mortal Kombat, Super Mario 64, Street Fighter, Doom, the 1993 version, Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil, and Dance Dance Revolution. Now, you guys will notice... That I took the liberty and just went ahead and numbered them all for you. <laughs> so, a little side note here to our audience, of course, is that uh, we keep track of everything through a uh, um, a shared document in the cloud. And here I can see someone that's uh, currently named the anonymous platypus <laughs> uh, going around and making that adjustments like to everything. So, yeah, our... Our list is kind of already numbered and may not necessarily require much deliberation because I think we're all suffering a little bit here. So, what do you? Anybody got any big 
quarrels with this? Like, I don't know. I kind of like it. Well, I think to start off, we can say number 10 is DDR. Everyone agree with that? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Fought the hardest to get here. Yeah. A rhythm game can only be so innovative. Apparently more innovative than a loop-based game, Sherm, you fucker. You still here? Um, got him. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're still here? <laughs> yeah, Dance Dance should be number 10, right? That's fine. I agree. Yeah, okay. Number nine. I said Resident Evil, but does anybody else think it should be something else? I think it can go two spots higher, but that's just me. Okay. I had Resident Evil that low because what it did innovate was such a simple change, it was kind of astonishing no one thought to had done it before. That's almost I why I want That's why. I... Yeah. You want you want the yeah, simplicity? It's like, it's like how did no so one think of this? Stupidly groundbreaking that it's just like, oh wow! It's like that slap on the forehead moment, but like from every other horror developer. I would be okay with Resident Evil going above Final Fantasy, but I don't want it to go above Metal Gear Solid. Well, then it can stay a nine. Because <laughs> <laughs> you are not letting Metal Gear Solid be ahead of no, Final. I just Fantasy. think they have to be next to each other. Doesn't matter where they are, they have to be next to each other. <laughs> no, they don't. Kyle, what do you want at nine? Mm. I think Metal Gear at nine. No way, man. The fourth wall breaking is so huge. Yeah, but I, I do think Resident Evil belongs a little bit higher. Really? Sherm, are you on that boat? Nah. Definitely on nah. something for being here <laughs> as like, long yeah. as I have been. Way to pitch in. <laughs> what were you I'm saying? definitely Sorry. on something for, uh, you know, sticking around yeah. for as long as I have. Uh, yeah, I don't have a lot mm -hmm. of fight in me for that. That's fine. If you guys want to put Metal Gear at 9. So flip Metal Gear and Resident Evil around? Just put... Bumper yeah, so. Zoom up too. So you so you want Final Fantasy at correct, eight. and Metal Gear at nine, and Resident Evil seven. Mm. Well, that's fine with me because I wouldn't have had Final Fantasy on the list at all. So I don't know. I kind of found it a little ironic that Final Fantasy seven was ranked number seven. So I was kind of hoping that would stick, but and here GTA we are. GTA three is three. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 oh shit yeah I'm okay with that let's see here I want to kind of look a little bit more on this one what do you think Sherm you good with that what I actually find the most interesting out of all of them is that Grand Theft Auto 3 and Super Mario 64 we had to say absolutely nothing about and it was like yep we probably better say something about them before we close this out <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we didn't say much about Doom. Either. You know what? I think this is actually a good list. I think that 
out of the grand scheme of what we've eliminated and the way the discussions have gone so far this evening, this is a pretty good setup. Like, yeah. fuck, it'd be hard to fucking knock anything off that list. Yeah, Mortal Kombat, I think 6 is really good for the effect it had on the industry and the idea of violence in video games. I think that's a good spot. Mm-hmm. Outside of every... I think Street Fighter. Outside of everything else that happened in the industry, yeah, it's, you know, it started something else. Yeah. And that was an innovation, like, blood in a video game like that. That was... Mm-hmm. And motion, and was motion something capture, else, too. It's... Yeah. They... I don't know if they were... Were they the first ones to do motion capture with actors and stuff? I thought so, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure on that either. I have no information on such. But I think Street Fighter's combo system for fighting games puts it up one more spot than Mortal Kombat. Are you happy, Kyle? Street Fighter beat Mortal Kombat. I am in happy. Most innovative games. <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no fights so far? We go with six and five? Mm-mm. Nobody thinks Resident Evil needs to go ahead of any of those? No. No? Minecraft at four. How do we feel about that? I'm fine with that. I am also fine Looking with at that. the other ones, yeah. That's that's cool. That'll work. Do you think it should go higher? No, that's I, I'm looking at the other ones that are above it, and I just I think that's a good spot for it. I just don't think it's more innovative in what it does than those I, top I three, honestly. The only thing I could say is it maybe would even go below the fighters, but either one I'm fine with. Hey, I'll hear that. I wouldn't mind Mortal Kombat Fuck getting to the top off. five. Well, hold on. <laughs> Why are you so dismissive of Mortal Kombat making the top five? Oh, I don't fucking know anymore. You're right. Minecraft's more innovative <laughs> than Mortal Kombat. <laughs> ah, fuck it. I guess. Whatever. Fucking pricks. Hmm. Yeah, I'm good. GTA 3 at number 3. You guys are just going to let me put it up that high for no discussion? <laughs> I think but, with I, I think with what it did. said for real, though. Say, say that again, well, Dan. But I'm like, what really, truly needs to be, like, defended about it? Nothing. Like, it's... It, Created the open world right, genre. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. That's gigantic. And the only reason I have it at number three is because the other two on this list created two genres that I think are bigger. I could even have the argument that GTA might go above Mario. Tough call, though. I think I'd still put Mario 64 at two, I think though. that's a good spot. I think about all the fun you had in GTA, like just open mayhem. A blowing shit up and you get into chase by cars. Like what it really meant to be in an open world and do whatever you want. You don't have to play the game. 
you can just go fuck around using the world. cheats, getting all the. I can't think of a getting all that... the weapons. You've got the five star wanted levels. I mean, you know, if you go as far, of course, for the ones who like to go and you know hook up with hookers and then run them over and get your money back. There's always that too. Yeah, like running over hookers. It, I don't. Know, it also brought like a realism to video game violence. Like Mortal Kombat, yeah, it has its violence, but it's punching a head off of a body or spitting acid onto them or lighting them on fire. Like, that's way over the top. GTA, running over a hooker, that's, that, that's something we can all relate to, right? So that's something that's real important to have. I, that's I a question. that twice. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's, that's a question for another day here. You know, that's that's a discussion. You know, not for this list right now, Preston, but we'll get back to that in another episode. I like how this podcast is going to be used against me in court someday. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think... You run over hookers? Ah, shit! I just tried to get Grand Theft Auto high on a list. I don't really run over. (laughs) I think Super Mario 64 at number two makes the most sense. It doesn't require any level of arguing. It doesn't require any sort of facts to back up why it was innovative. It, It... it was a big game changer for the the platformer genre and for Mario as a whole and really set the bound like the the boundaries and the standards for what platformers would be evolving to even up to this point. It created the three D platformer, right? It really like, did. Yeah. And think about how like how good the controls were. Like they still you can still play sixty four today and it plays just fine. That's how good the controls were. Exactly. Yeah, it was a really good idea of world building. I mean, I know that's not a huge thing. Think about the risk it was, too, because Mario was an established 2D platformer. So the risk it would have it was to take him into a 3D world and for it to pay off the way it did, that's a huge thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Mario 64, number two, and number one. What is it, Sherm? Doom, the 1993 PC game. I think why I would put it at one over these others is because I think the shooter genre is just a little bit bigger than any other genre. And the violence that came with Doom was pretty fucking awesome and unique that I had not seen before in video games. Plus the fact of the matter that you could actually edit. If you had the know-how, you could go in and make your own levels. You could rebuild the game the way you wanted it to. Um, you know, it could definitely be, you know, as crazy off the wall as you want it to be just like doom is anyway, or you could go with, you know, definitely a more realistic view of things as well. Um, you know, it, it definitely did set a lot of the precedent for things on where we're at, um, today. And I think if you look at a lot of the things, especially on the innovation front, especially with the realism in some of the violence in there, especially that how much doom actually still comes up in discussions to this day about what it's done, both good and bad. So I think it was innovative and it's right. And I think a lot of other games here, even a couple of them probably on this list actually followed suit from what doom had introduced. I mean, there's a, there's a, so are you saying mods were born from doom? You guys were talking over each other there. Well, mine's more important. (laughs) Go ahead. I was going to say, there's a reason there's a term called the you know first shooters a doom clone like this was the thing yeah yep bingo so i think i agree we got our list guys we got our 10 
Hey, that went real fast. <laughs> Thank God, because the first part took yeah, two hours. All right. Well, you kept arguing. Yeah. If, if we would have cut Final Fantasy off immediately, we wouldn't have any problems. Along with Metal Gear. <laughs> no, we would have had <laughs> the problem if we would have cut Final Fantasy. <laughs> I guess so. I guess I just don't get it. All right, because we've spent enough time on this list, I'm just going to do the quick run through of 10 to 1 on what we've got on here, just in case it wasn't clear for Why everybody. Why do you get to read everything? Oh, well, because it seems like it's been delegated to me all night, so here we are, I'm just taking ownership. I just wanted you to feel included. You just wanted what? I just wanted you to feel included. Oh. I think Kyle should read. Fine. I can read it. That's fine. <laughs> let's <laughs> hey guys, let's each read two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I haven't excited. read tonight. Let, let's make that a <laughs> thing, I guess. <laughs> Kyle, go ahead. I read like a pro. All righty, <laughs> starting at 10, we've got DDR. Number nine is Metal Gear Solid. Final Fantasy VII at number eight. Resident Evil at number seven. Mortal Kombat coming in at six. Street Fighter at five. Minecraft at four. Grand Theft Auto three, cutely at three. Super Mario 64 at number two. And Doom, the 1993 PC version coming in. Number one. Nice I'm so glad that we're past this now. Let's just not do a topic like this again for a while, please. This one, I think, with the level of a list that we had and how many cuts we had to make initially, that whew, that was a that was a challenge. It was Fuck. hard, but it was good arguments. I think we came up with a good ten, though. I think so. But with all of that said, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to this weekly topic. Don't forget to check us out on anchor.fm slash the-npcs-podcast. That is the home of this podcast. You can get links to our other platforms supported, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, those are our main social media platforms at the NPCs Podcast. We also have a YouTube page. Uh, go search for the NPCs. Take a look for our logo. You'll definitely find us there. Otherwise, of course, checking Anchor and our Facebook page will get you right to our YouTube page as well again thank you so much everybody for tuning in and sticking with us in this long topic episode we will catch you guys all in the next episode so long bye bye